0: Welcome back to Reading with Rebecca. I'm Rebecca. Sorry it's taken me so long to read to you guys again. I was traveling to my parents' house, so I had to take a break, but I'm back. And if you hear any noise in the background, I do apologize. I am currently in the garage with my dog, so. He might be, he's a little talkative sometimes, so you might hear him. So, but let's get back to it. We're on chapter four of Mrs. Piggle Wiggle by Betty McDonald, and chapter four is titled The Selfishness Cure. Dick Thompson was certainly a nice-looking boy, and he was smart in school and behaved well at the table, but whenever his name was mentioned, people said, Poor, poor Mrs. Thompson. She has such a problem. Whatever will she do with that child? I guess that you would feel simply dreadful if people said a thing like that when your name was mentioned, but Dick didn't. You see, Dick Thompson was a selfish, greedy boy, and he cared more about being a selfish, greedy boy than about what people said. When children came over to his house to play, Dick said, Don't touch that. That's mine! You can't play with that! That's mine! Put down my ball! Take off my skates! Each time this happened, at least each time it happened when his mother could hear Dick saying, That's mine! She would send him to his room to think about how selfish he was. Dick would go right upstairs, for he was very obedient, but instead of thinking about how bad it was to be selfish... He would sit on his bed and swing his legs and think, everything in this room is mine and nobody is going to touch my things. He certainly was a problem. One day, Dick's mother brought a big box of peppermint sticks. She called Dick into the house and said, now, dear, I have bought these large box of peppermint sticks for you, but I want you to share them with your friends. There are about 50 sticks in the box, and I want you to divide them with all the children in the neighborhood. Don't forget the little children, Dick, and you might send one or two to old Mrs. Burry. She is so fond of peppermint. Dick said, thank you, mother, for this fine candy. Then he took the box out the doors, and he put it in the basket in the front of his bicycle and allowed the neighborhood children to look at the peppermint sticks. But then he warned them. This is my candy, and if anyone touches it, I will hit him with my baseball bat. The children in the neighborhood had known Dick for some time, and they knew that he meant what he said. But as they looked at the candy, they wished and wished that they could have just one stick. Dick's mother, watching from the window, saw all the children gathered around Dick and the box of candy in the basket in the front of the bicycle, and she just thought to herself, Just look at my little Dick. Dividing the candy with all of his little friends. I just knew he would learn to be generous. She tapped on the window and when Dick looked around and waved and smiled at him. Dick waved and smiled back, but unfortunately just then, Mary O'Toole, who was quite darling, reached in and grabbed a stick of candy and crack! Dick clouted her on the hand with a baseball bat. In a flash, his mother saw what was really going on. She flew out the front door and took Dick firmly by the arm and marched him upstairs, thrust him into his room, and slammed the door. Then she went downstairs and out the front door, took the box of candy, and told Mary O'Toole to divide it among the children, even the little ones, and to take one or two sticks over to Mrs. Burry because she was so fond of peppermint. There were fifteen children, not counting Dick, and fifty-six of candy, so each child was given three sticks, and old Mrs. Burry got five. From the window of his bedroom, Dick watched Mary divide the candy, and he was just so furious. After all the candy had been divided, Mrs. Thompson went into the house and called Dick's father. She said, Herbert, I know you are busy and you don't like it to have me call you at the office, but I'm so worried about Dick. Dick's father said, what's the matter? Is he sick? Dick's mother said, no, but I wish you were. It would be so much simpler. Mr. Thompson said, now, dear, I'm very busy, so perhaps you should better wait till I come home. Mrs. Thompson said, Herbert, this cannot wait another minute. She told him about the candy and the baseball bat. Mr. Thompson said, why not give him a good hard spanking? Tell him that's something he could have for himself and he could keep it all to himself. (laughs) Now, Herbert, this is not a laughing matter. I don't think spanking will solve a thing. I just don't know what to do or which way to turn, and Mrs. Thompson began to cry, partly because she was so humiliated over Dick's selfishness, and partly because she knew that crying was the one way to get action out of Dick's father. Dick's father said, "'Now, now, dear, tears won't help. Let me see. Shall I hop into a taxi and come home and thrash Dick?' Dick's mother only cried louder. Dick's father said, "'I know,' I know just what to do. Call that Mrs. Wigglespiggle, or whatever her name is. You know, the one that cured Hubert Prentice. You mean Mrs. Pigglewiggle. Oh, Herbert, I knew you. You are so wonderful. I knew you would think of something. I'll call her right away. And Mrs. Thompson blew her nose and cheered right up. Mothers always do cheer up when they think of Mrs. Pigglewiggle, because she knows so much about children, after all. She has about a thousand little boys and girls come over to her house to pull taffy, play checkers, bake cookies, drink cambric tea, and dig for pirates' gold buried in her backyard. And so she had plenty of opportunity to learn about childish ailments and to cure them. She was certainly the person to talk to about Dick, the selfish boy, and so Mrs. Thompson telephoned her. She said, "'Hello, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. This is Mrs. Thompson, Dick's mother.' Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle said, Hello, Mrs. Thompson, I have rather respected your call. Mrs. Thompson said, You have? Why? Because I know Dick very well, said Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle, and although he's a dear little boy with the most well-mannered child that has come to visit me, never once forgetting to say thank you and please, he is very selfish. Oh, I know he is, I know he is, said Mrs. Thompson, almost crying, because she was so ashamed that Mrs. Piggle-Wiggle should know how selfish Dick was. Mrs. Picklewiggle said, Now, Mrs. Thompson, do not feel sad. Selfishness and greediness are just diseases, like the measles and chicken pox, and can be cured very easily, but we must start now, before another day passes, because Dix is such a very nice boy. We will want everyone to like him as we do. Oh, do you like him in spite of his selfishness? asked Dick's mother. Of course I do, said Mrs. Picklewiggle. I love all children. But it distresses me when I see a child who has a disease like selfishness or answer backism or won't put a toy's away this to and his parents don't do a thing to cure him. But I want to cure Dick said his mother. I will do anything to cure him. Mrs. Wiggle said, "The selfishness cure is very simple, but the rules must be followed very strictly. You will have to come down here and get my selfishness kit and at the same time I will give you directions for its use." Thank you very much, dear Mrs. Pigglewiggle, said Mrs. Thompson. I will leave right away, and she hung up the phone and slipped on her jacket and ran all the way to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. When she arrived, Mrs. Pigglewiggle was on the front porch waiting for her. On the porch beside her was a quite a large green metal box with the selfishness kit painted on the sides in white letter. Mrs. Pigglewiggle invited Dick's mother to sit down, and then she opened the kit Inside were about 25 padlocks of various sizes. They were great big ones about the size of the apples down to tiny ones that are no larger than a penny. Also, there were screws and a screwdriver, a box of cloth labels that said, Dick, a box of blank gum labels, a small can of white paint, a small can of black paint, a small paintbrush, and a pastry bag. This is a large bag with a nozzle on the end, which can be filled with frosting and can be squeezed and frosting comes out of one end like toothpaste and be conformed into words. Mrs. Picklewiggle said, Mrs. Thompson, these padlocks are for Dick's drawers, his closets, his toys chest, his bicycle, his bedroom door, his nightstand drawer, and his toothbrush. As soon as you get home, put the padlocks on everything he owns and give him the keys. This is to assure him that." He, and he alone, can touch his things. Then name labels are to be sewn on all his clothes, and the gum stickers are to be put on all of his books, even his school books, notebooks, pencil box, and are to be pasted on his rulers, crayons, paints. On each sticker, print in large letters with black paint, Dick's book, don't touch, Dick's notebook, don't touch, and so forth. On every toy he owns, you must paint either a black or white paint. Dick's ball, don't touch. Or Dick's bat, don't touch. Put the name of the toy first and then don't touch. The pastry bag is to be filled with simple white frosting and used to mark Dick's sandwiches, his fruit, his cookies, and his plate for every meal. That's that's all there is to it. I expect you'll be returning the selfishness kit before a week has passed. Mrs. Thompson said, I do hope so, Mrs. Piggle Are you sure it will work? It has cured hundreds of other children, and I see no reason why it should not cure Dick. A week or even less, I should say. Mrs. Thompson thanked Mrs. Piggle Wiggle very much, and then, lugging the kit, she walked home. As soon as she hung up her jacket, she began sewing the labels on Dick's clothes. He asked her what she was doing, and she showed him, and he, him, he was as happy as could be. Boy, that will show people who own my clothes, he said proudly. Mrs. Thompson did not answer, but continued to put labels on every single stitch of his clothing, including his socks and handkerchiefs. Then she opened the kit and took out the tiniest padlock. She fastened Dick's toothbrush to the toothbrush rack with a little padlock, snapped it shut, and handed the key, which was no longer than a pen to Dick. You better find a ring to hold your key, she said. You're going to have about 25 of them. Boy, that's just wonderful, Dick said, fondling the tiny little key and thinking. That's my toothbrush, and nobody but me can touch it. He was very happy. When dinner time came, Mrs. Thompson closed the selfishness kit and took it downstairs to show Dick's father. She told him about Mrs. Picklewiggle, and he patted her on the back and said that he was sure... Everything was going to be all right, and where was the evening paper? After dinner, when they went upstairs to put some of the padlocks on, they were surprised to find that Dick himself had already put locks on each of his bureau drawers, his nightstand drawer, his toy box, his closet door, and his bedroom door. He also had put stickers on the cover of all his books, notebooks, coloring books, crayons, colored pencil box, and stamp album. On the stickers, he had printed in black paint, Dick's book, don't touch, Dick's notebook, don't touch, Dick's crayons, don't touch, Dick's pencil box, don't touch, Dick's stamp album, don't touch. He was very proud and asked his father if he didn't think he printed well. His father said, you should be able to print well, you have certainly practiced enough. And he looked disgustedly around the room of the stickers labeling everything. Dick's brush, don't touch. Dick's comb, don't touch. Dick's window blind, don't touch. He turned to Dick's mother and said, "Perhaps we should wear stickers." Dick's mother, don't touch. Dick's father, don't touch. I'll bet he'll wear a monogram underwear as he, when he grows up. Mrs. Thompson said, "Oh, I hope not, Herbert." Dick said, "Come on, Mom and Dad. Let's mark all the rest of my stuff." And so they worked until 8.30, marking Dick's bicycle, his baseball, his bat, his pitcher's glove, his catcher's glove, his toolbox, his roller skates, his lunchbox, his rover boots, his raincoat, his Indian suit, his sho- soldier suit, his gun, his wagon. They even painted Dick's dog, don't touch, on Rover's collar. When they had finished, it was time for Dick to go to bed. He kissed his mother and said goodnight to his father and went happily upstairs, his key- ring of keys jingling from his belt. Mr. Thompson sank down in the chair in the living room and lit his pipe. I trust that Mrs. Pigglewiggle knows what she's doing, he said, because if this cure should not work, our son Dick is going to be the most loathsome boy in the whole world. Mrs. Thompson said, oh no, dear, not in the whole world. The next morning, they heard Dick clinking and snapping at his padlocks long before they were up. He was a little late coming downstairs because it took him time to padlock all his drawers, his closet door, and the door to his room. But he was very happy, and his mother noticed that he had pinned one of the name labels on the outside of his sweater. While he was eating, his breakfast marked, Dick's breakfast, don't touch. His mother marked a sandwich, Dick's sandwiches, don't touch. And his apple, Dick's apple, don't touch. And his cookies, Dick's cookies, don't touch. And his lunchbox had already been marked, Dick's lunchbox, don't touch. After breakfast, Dick put his lunchbox in the basket on his bicycle and noticed proudly the large sign hanging on the crossbar, Dick's bicycle, don't touch. At school, the children paid little attention to the sign on his bicycle. But when he opened his lunchbox and took out his sandwiches, marked Dick's sandwiches, don't touch. And his apple marked Dick's apple, don't touch. And his cookies marked Dick's cookies, don't touch. Everyone laughed and wanted to see them, and in resulting crowded and pushing, one of the sandwiches was dropped and stepped on, and some of the big boys grabbed the apple and tossed it in the air just above Dick's head, shouting, "'Throw me Dick's apple! Oh, look, I dropped Dick's apple! I wonder if Dick's apple will bounce!' They finally gave Dick his apple back, but it was bruised and very dirty." In an arithmetic period that afternoon, Bobby Slater across the aisle asked Dick for his ruler. And when he saw the label, Dick's ruler, don't touch, he began to laugh and reach over and snatch the ruler off Dick's desk and passed it to Kenny Hatch, who laughed and passed it to the girl in front of him. And finally, Miss Crabtree had come down to get it. When she saw the sign, she laughed too, but gave the ruler back to Dick. After school, the boys decided to play basketball, uh, play baseball, in the vacant lot by Dick's house. But when Dick bought out his bat and ball and mitts, the the boys saw, Dick's ball, don't touch. Dick's bat, don't touch. And they said, We can't touch anything, so let's go home. And they did. Dick went up to his room to play, but found that somewhere during the day he had lost the keys to his closet, and that he locked the key to his toy chest in the chest, so he went down and sat on the front porch, and listened to the shouts of children playing in Hubert Prentice's yard. The next morning at school, during recess, nobody would play with him, and the little girls followed him and laughed. When they marched into the school, the children pointed and laughed and laughed, and Mrs. Crabtree came down to see what the trouble was. She almost laughed herself when she saw a sign that someone had pinned to to the back of Dick's sweater. It said, "'This is Dick! Don't touch!' At lunchtime, the children crowded around, watched him take out his sandwiches, and one little girl said, So selfish and greedy, he has his sandwiches marked so he can't share them. Then the children danced around him and chanted, Dick's sandwich, don't touch! Dick's apple, don't touch! Dick's lunchbox, don't touch! Finally, Dick took his lunchbox out and put it in the basket of his bicycle, but the children followed him and seeing the big sign, Dick's bicycle, don't touch! They yelled and laughed and sang, Dicks, don't touch. Don't touch, Dick. Dicks, don't touch. Don't touch, Dick. After school, Dick hurried home, but he had lost the key to his room, so he went down to the basement to play with his toolbox. But every time he saw the large white sign, Dick's toolbox, don't touch, he thought of school and the lunchbox, and he remembered how the children laughed and jeered, and he was ashamed. At dinner, when his mother brought him his plate marked, Dick's dinner, don't touch, he said, Oh, why do you have to mark my plate? I don't care which one I get.'" Mrs. Thompson looked significantly at Mr. Thompson and said, "'All right, Dick, we won't mark your plate if you will share your dessert with Rover.'" Dick thought for a few minutes, and he carefully broke his chocolate cake into two equal pieces and gave one to Rover, who gulped it down and looked grateful. After dinner, Dick told his father that he had lost the keys to his room in his closet, so his father took off the padlocks on the doors and the toy box. Dick said, Don't put them back, Dad. I don't care who goes into my room or gets into my stuff. The next morning, Dick got up early and scraped Dick's lunchbox, don't touch, from his lunchbox and took the sign off his bike. When he went to his mother and said, Mom, please don't mark my sandwiches. Please don't mark any of my stuff, Mom. Mrs. Thompson said, All right, Dick. I only did it to protect you. Dick said, I don't care who gets my lunch. Just don't mark it. At noon, all the children gathered around Dick, but neither his sandwiches nor his apple nor his lunchbox were marked. So they rushed out to see his bicycle, but there were no signs on it, so they sat down and ate their lunches. Right after school that night, Dick hurried home and scraped the markings off his ball and bat and mitts, and he walked up to where the children were playing ball and tossing the ball bats mitts down to the catcher he said do you want to use these i don't care and he went back to his own house in a little while mary o'toole rang the doorbell and asked mrs thompson if dick would like to come out and play mrs thompson said he'd love to mary but first he has to return something to mrs piggle mary said tell him to come over to the lot when he gets back and here are some of the keys he lost Mrs. Thompson said, thank you for the keys, dear, but thank goodness they belong to Mrs. Pigglewiggle, not Dick. She took the keys off the big padlocks and the tiny padlocks up to Dick, who was in his room, busily packing Mrs. Pigglewiggle's selfishness kit. And that is the end of Chapter 4. Stay tuned for Chapter 5, called The Radish Cure. See you all next time.